Train hard, live strong family. Hey, what's up, everyone? Hope everyone had a great weekend and is ready to crush this week. You know who I am. I am your host, Coach Matt, owner of Athletic Beans Training and Apparel, and I am glad that you are here listening to this episode because there is no other better way to start the week than listening to another amazing episode here on the Train Hard, Live Strong podcast, y'all. All right, so today we have a returning guest speaker, completely amazing. She has been here... uh Earlier, I think in episode 51, um, I clarify it here in the episode whenever we dive into our interview with her, but uh, seriously amazing, uh, very so passionate about the body movement and everything that comes along with it. Um, if you want to go you know, show some love to her, you can go ahead over to her Instagram at kelstone35, so K-E-L-L-S-T-O-N-E. Three, five, y'all. All right, and before we hop in, I appreciate and I'm so grateful to have everyone listening to these episodes, sharing it with their friends, you know, just diving into the Train Hard Live Strong family and just being a part of this whole movement. We have a big mission and it's just to inspire people to believe in themselves. It is it's very difficult. I remember in times whenever I first began my fitness journey or going to do things that I would self-doubt myself with or I didn't think that I was able to accomplish and I, would, I wouldn't believe in myself. And just by not believing in yourself, you could be missing out on incredible opportunities, incredible progress results that you have been striving for, that you've been dreaming about. But just because we don't believe in ourselves, we don't take the steps to do so. And that's what we're trying to fix here, y'all. We bring on amazing guest speakers and then return them, you know, because all, obviously all you guys and girls are enjoying these guest speakers and you request them to come back on the show again to talk about, you know, some amazing or more amazing things that they're about. But the beautiful thing about listening to these guest speakers is that the value and self-experience that they have within their lifestyle, within the things that they have done, how they overcame obstacles, how they overcame mindset roadblocks, how they overcame injuries, how they overcame this and that, how they structured these things, how they structure their mindset. And those are the little things I want you to pay attention to, especially when you listen to this episode, all right, y'all? And before we begin, y'all, it would mean the world to me if you left a nice little five-star review for this uh, podcast. Um, if you're listening to Apple Podcasts or any other platform, uh, it really does help us out and it lets other people find this podcast a lot easier so we can impact more and more people in this beautiful world that we got, all right, y'all? And if you are struggling with figuring out what kind of workouts you want to do, maybe right now you don't feel comfortable enough to go into the gym because you might have some self, you know, uh, or gym intimidation, or maybe you just don't want to go in there because of COVID, you want to, you know, get sick or whatever, you know, whatever you don't want to do. Um, if you are struggling with finding what can work for you, or you want to maybe dive into something else, you want to try some high intensive interval training. I have an amazing platform and I also have free workouts on my YouTube channel, Matthew Fitness Trainer. Tons of 20-minute home hit workouts that I started to launch and produce uh, whenever COVID first hit and the lockdown first began. But I have exclusive workouts on a platform. Uh, it's hityourgoals.vhx.tv, H-I-I-T-Y-O-U-R-G-O-A-L-S.vhx.tv. And in there, I have exclusive workouts. And right now, we have a 10-minute ab series, five-day series that you can look at and you can enjoy and you can have. Uh, really targets the core, strengthens, strengthens the core and gets the core nice and defined so you can have that nice beach body or you know, Im improve your lifts and improve your lifestyle overall because a strong core really does help in functional lifestyle activities that we do day to day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so without further ado, let's dive into this episode and let's welcome to the show once again, Kelly Stone. Hey everyone, Coach Matt here, and you're listening to the Train Hard Live Strong Podcast, where we bring on the top fitness pros, top fitness influencers, motivational speakers, and people who have gone through dramatic transformations, and we're all here to inspire you to believe 
in yourself. If you have not yet, go ahead and check out our website, trainhardliftstrong.com. You can see all the new upcoming guest speakers and all the amazing things coming your way. Welcome to another life-changing episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode here on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. You know who I am. I'm your host, Coach Matt, and today we have a returning guest speaker on the show. She's been here before for episode 51. She is a two-time CrossFit Games athlete, Titan Games Season 2 competitor, also doctor in physical therapy. So without further ado, everyone, let's welcome Kelly Stone. What's up, Kelly? Hey, how's it going? I'm excited to be back. Yes, yes. I'm yeah, always very excited to talk to you. You're always so like happy and positive and energetic and, and what you what you bring to the table with, you know, fitness and training and your perspective on it is always so cool. So it's so cool talking to you all the time. Yeah, well thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh so if people didn't, you know, listen to the last episode or don't know who you are, because we have, you know, last time you were here was episode fifty one and this one's gonna be like in the nineties or maybe even a hundred, but uh, for people who don't know who you are, current listeners or future listeners, could you give like a nice little background story on kind of who Kelly is? Yeah, I mean, you kind of touched on a lot of those points, but, um, you know, born and raised in Denver, Colorado, um, competed as a gymnast and swimmer kind of all growing up and then pursued a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, my focus other than PT, the last uh, three, four years has been competitive CrossFit. So absolutely love to do that and then help people live healthier lives. Um, you know, within the last year or so, I've started doing some nutrition coaching. So yeah, nice. I just like to help people move more, live better, um, you know, just live overall healthier lives and make lifestyle changes. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. And, and uh, so obviously I've been, you know, watching you and doing, you know, watching you do all the cool stuff that you do, but you are like religiously doing this, uh, drinking like your grains and your reds every single morning. When did you, when did you start that? Yeah, so um, I started taking, <laughs> it's funny you say that, greens and reds um, about six months ago, so November-ish time period, and I'm just the type of person, like, there's there's a difference, and we, we all know this, of knowing what you should do and what actually you're going to incorporate as a habit in your life. So I am someone where, yes, it would be great if I could eat five to six servings of vegetables every day. But the fact of the matter is I don't, you know, I just, I struggle to eat a lot of variety of foods for a variety of reasons and I don't make that a priority. So I just decided, Hey, why not try greens and rub red supplement? So I essentially get all those nutrients in without having to stress about eating veggies all day. So yes, I still eat some other veggies on the side, but it's just one of those things that I feel like I won my morning because I got my greens and reds in, get those healthy nutrients in, and yeah, so. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm, dude, I'm the same. It's it's hard to get all the servings in, so you know, yeah. you, you find what works for you, and 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 you and you go for it, you know. And I think that's so cool. And and uh, has have you seen like a like a, a change in maybe like your performance and your health, like whenever you have been taking them? I mean, those really are a per, or a health supplement, so not necessarily going to see performance gains. But I think there are a lot of people who aren't necessarily getting enough of those vitamins and minerals from the fruits and veggies that we eat. So, you know, I essentially, I just like to make sure that my body is functioning optimally and so that I can actually get all those nutrients in. Um, one thing I will say is that I am someone who struggles, um, you know, 
I have a history of like said, digestive issues. And so I don't tolerate a lot of foods. And that was one of my other reasons for wanting to do this is, um, uh. you know, I have eliminated certain foods from my diet and a lot of them are what we would consider healthy vegetables, but that for me cause a lot of symptoms that I don't like to have in big quantities. So this is another way for me to say, Hey, I can just stick to eating the three or four veggies that I like to eat every day and make me feel good. And then beyond that, I get all these nutrients from that supplement that I take. So in that regard, yeah. yes, I feel like I've had, you know, a way, you know, huge decrease in those symptoms since I started taking them. So, yeah. And that's good. That's good. See, one thing I feel like a lot of people uh, need to gather is like, whenever, you know, we begin to start taking in these, you know, um, like nutrient based foods, you know, vegetables and stuff like that. Sometimes they do certain things to people's digestive system. And but most of the time it happens and, you know, they don't know what's going on. So they just cut everything yeah. out completely. But, yeah. you know, finding another route or another option, because that's what life is. You know, you got to find another route or a different way yeah. to do something to still accomplish a goal. So I think that's so cool that you're like, uh, these things don't work well with my body, but I know I need to have it. So I'm just going to do this, but pick other vegetables that my body likes. Yep, absolutely. It's all about finding what works for you. And again, like I think you know, eating whole food. I'm really passionate about just like eating whole nutrient dense foods, like not eating a lot of processed foods, you know, at the end of the day, as much as we can incorporate those into our lifestyle, the better. And then, Hey, we can use supplements as just a way to fill in our gaps. Like it's not, they aren't designed, you know, I'm never going to say in most cases that having a supplement is better than eating whole food. That's, right. that's just not true. But Hey, if it comes down to looking at our lifestyles and Hey, I'm either going to get these nutrients in, or I'm going to hit my protein using supplements, or I'm just going to not. Then I say, Hey, use the supplement. At least you're still getting them some way. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, with our last episode, we touched up a little bit about like your profession, what you do with uh, physical therapy and stuff like that. So that's one thing that I'm really excited to talk about more in depth today. But, um, if, if people go to your Instagram and they skim your stuff, you know, you do a lot of like mobility stuff and warming stuff up and stuff like that. And Whenever I first began, you know, training and weightlifting, I was always, um, and this might be just a guy thing, I don't know, but, you know, I wanted to lift the heavy weights, so I just kind of just went for it, and I didn't really warm it up, you know, I really didn't take time to open up my hips or, you know, warm up my knees, my joints, and just pay attention to the small, small things. Um, so what kind of like, I know you are a doctor in physical therapy, but what really makes you dial in with your mobility? Yeah. So, you know, interesting question. And it's one of probably the most common questions that I get is like, what, you know, what do I do for mobility or what should, you know, I be doing for my mobility? And what's interesting for me is I actually don't feel like I have a ton of mobility limitations, if you will. So like, I'm not, you know, consciously trying to increase, you know, my overhead flexibility or anything like that. But the big piece for me is, allowing myself to warm up appropriately to be able to number one, stay healthy and not get injured. Number two, just to get my body ready for the stimulus that I'm going to be giving it. So, um, that's where those pieces become really important for me. And I am someone where I take like 30 minutes to warm up, you know, and you know, people are like, people are like, well, what did, you know, what was your workout today? And I'm like, well, do you want the, like the fun parts, like the lifting weights and the Metcon, or do you want like the whole thing? Because those are very different things. So, right. you know, I, and I really feel like those little boring pieces are ultimately the things that separate, you know, your kind of average Joe with like, you know, a high performance, you know, oh, yeah. athlete or people that who, you know, who really want to, um, excel in whatever sport, you know, or activity that they're doing. So, you know, I will often start 
with just like some aerobic, you know, biking or something. Mm -hmm. I do some heart rate work to get my heart rate up before my CrossFit workout so that I don't spike it. Um, I'll usually do some foam rolling and pre-workout. I like to do more like functional movement mobility. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't necessarily do static stretching um, prior to a workout. That's actually not the general recommendation. Yes. So I'll do just like kind of a general dynamic warm up and then a, you know, what we call a sport specific or an activity specific warm up. So if I'm doing snatches, I'm going to run through, you know, unweighted complexes and, you know, warm up movements with just the bar or PVC pipe to kind of get everything kind of warmed up and ready to go. Um, and then I will occasionally do some post-workout kind of stretching mobility work, but I, again, am pretty fortunate that that's not a huge weakness for me. So right. my bigger emphasis is my warm up and my cool down. Those are things that I've really tried to hone in on, you know, especially within this last year of training. And I feel like the older that I get and not that I'm old, but you know, my, I, I didn't like when I was in college, I didn't need to warm up that much. I could just go. Yeah. And the, the further I get along, if I'm, if I'm going to be moving, you know, over 200 pounds and a clean and jerk, like I've got to warm up or mm -hmm. it's not going to be pretty. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It, that's so funny that you say that, um, how you said back in college that you didn't have to really warm up as much. So I, um, I talked to a, um, she's, a, she's very young. I mean, like very young. She, I think when I interviewed her, she was, she's seven, but she's a power lifter. Her name is uh, Rory. Oh uh, she, yeah, I know Rory. Yep. Okay. Yes. Or so, I know of uh, Rory. Yeah. Right, right. So I talked to her parents and I asked them about the warm up. Like, does she warm up? Does she stretch? And they said, no, you know, not really. Cause her, her joints, everything is so, so new, you know, so um, very pliable, I guess you could say, right. Cause kids are very flexible, but then we begin to lose it. I feel like whenever we age or whatever. Um, so, whenever and plus obviously you know more than i do but when, when it comes down to like warming up and cooling down it is that those are the biggest things to pay attention to as, especially as we age so that we can not just perform great like you do whenever you you know you max out on squat or whatnot or you do your thing but you know just so that you can get out of bed without doing the uh, uh, kind of uh, stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, it's funny. And like, I think back, so when I was like seven or eight, you know, and I was a gymnast and a swimmer. So like, I was the person where my coaches knew I wasn't going to warm up. I would sleep in the car on the way there, probably eat a chocolate donut and then hop on the starting <laughs> block and just race. And like, that was yeah. just what I did. And everyone knew that's what I did. And that was uh -huh. what my body needed. And then obviously that's, that's not the case anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you change and evolve, but yeah, I think those are, you know, it's really, you know, people get like to get caught up in all of what I call like the sexy training, like the heavy lifts and the, yeah. the gymnastics movements and like the really hard workout. And that's all great. But if you're mm -hmm. ignoring, like if you really do have mobility issues, you know, or stability issues, which I see a lot of both of those, mm -hmm. um, not being able to so either not having enough range of motion in a joint or not being able to control that movement, you know, those are things that you really got to target to keep yourself healthy and also to optimize your growth. You know, if you're someone yeah. where you're like, oh, I've just been stuck at this weight for a really long time regardless of what the movement is like there's probably like there's something missing hey we're either not in the right position we're not using the right muscles we don't have enough stability and all of those little tiny things add up to be really important factors in helping you progress so and those yeah. are i think the most often neglected stuff is like the really boring accessory mm. work mobility work you know so Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, very important. Real quick, can you uh, like simplify the um, differences between mobility and stability? I know, I know, it could, it could, it's people can understand it very easily, but some people might not, and they're both very important. 
Um, so like, could you simplify what the difference is in between like both of them? Yeah. So um, with mobility, we're looking at having enough essentially motion at a joint to be in an optimal position. So the most common example that I would see is, you know, people who aren't able to get into a good overhead position. So maybe somebody that's holding a bar forward because they don't have the range of motion in their lats or their arms to be able to get into this nice upright stack position. So if you're that type of person, you really need to work on your mobility to be able to get into those ideal positions that are going to keep your body, you know, safe and performing well versus stability are people on the opposite side of the spectrum who tend to have too much motion at a joint. Um, and they've got to learn to train their muscles um, and their proprioceptive system to be able to control that movement. So I would say for a lot of cases, I actually tend to fall more on that side of things where like, so I was a college swimmer, I was a butterfly, so I've got a lot of shoulder movement. That's never been something that's challenging for me, but I do a lot of stability work in my shoulders to make sure that when I'm overhead, I can control that. So if I have a 180 pound snatch over my head, I can hold it there and I'm not wobbling back and forth. So it's mm-hmm. training all those little tiny muscles to essentially, you know, fire at the right time to keep you in that position um, versus not having the range of motion to get there. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You made it very yeah. simply. Exactly. Yes. Uh, okay. Do you think, okay, so you say that you don't really, you know, have a lot of mobility issues or whatnot. Um, do you think it's just because you have been taking the time to put in that work to make sure you don't get those issues? Um, I think a lot of it honestly probably comes back to my years of gymnastics. You know, I've always, I mean, I I think that I was probably naturally pretty flexible. And then, you know, I was a gymnast for 14 years and flexibility is so key in that sport. So I was actively working on it for such a long time. And then I think that I've really just continued that, you know, I've been able to get into those positions. I've never been someone that's had a hard time getting to the bottom of a box squat, any of those things, you know, or get to an overhead position. So I think, you know, I kind of took that background that I established when I was young, like I started gymnastics when I was four. So you take that years and years of kind of establishing that pattern. And then I've just continued that, you know, through the years transitioning into CrossFit. So I think, you know, yeah, if I didn't spend any time working on it ever, I probably wouldn't be, you know, as successful as I am now. It really is a conscious effort to do these things. Um, But yeah, it wasn't something that I, you know, was 25 and then all of a sudden decided that I needed to work on these things. Like I've been working out my entire life. So. Okay. Okay. I get you. I get you. Um, Do you, when okay so you know how we talked a little bit about whenever we're younger yeah you just do your thing you really don't warm up you kind of just go in there and you you know you can basically perform um at a high level without a warm-up or a cool down but as we age you're you begin to have to um what i don't know i don't know if you know but like what why is that what is what's what's going on with like the the body the, the joints and why do we have to begin to start to warm up and cool down properly Um, honestly, I think it's just part of that aging process. You know, Mm -hmm. our joints just become as we age, you know, our bone density just naturally decreases. We've actually got to consciously be, you know, working to increase our bone density. And, you know, our joints just have years and years of wear and tear, even just from our daily activities of walking and bending over all those things. And then you throw on, you know, weight training and, you know, Olympic lifting gymnastics for me, like my joints are probably trash. To be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I'm anticipating that like, I'm going to need, I mean, fingers crossed um, I feel good now, but I'm like, I, I mean, like, I could very well be someone who needs knee replacements much earlier than other people because I did 14 years of pounding gymnastics. So, you know, 
if we look at, you know, MRI findings, even in people that are quote unquote healthy, you see those degenerative changes as you age. So a lot of that, you know, we can try to combat with healthy exercise and with nutrition, you know, that is a big piece of it, but a lot of that just happens naturally. And then also as a result of the stresses that we just put on our body day in and day out, you know, if we looked at my joints versus Rory, who are you talking about? Who's seven, like she's like a spring chicken. She's got fresh joints (laughs) that are ready to (laughs) (laughs) take, uh, take all the stress. And, um, yeah, mine aren't necessarily like that anymore. So, okay. 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 I get you. And whenever you began your, uh, your, your, um, profession and what you do, cause I know right now. Okay. So right now, what do you do with inside of physical therapy? So I work two, um, very different settings. Um, actually primarily in pediatrics. So home health pediatrics, I do a lot of special needs kids. Um, it's like a lot more skill based. So not generally what people think of. So I'll actually go to people's homes. We work on, you know, crawling and walking and motor skills. Um, I've been doing a lot of telemedicine since COVID started, but have slowly started to see patients in person again. So that's kind of one prong of things. And then I also have my own business where I see, more traditional sports orthopedic patients. Um, Right now my office is out of my CrossFit gym. So very two different. Yeah. So two different things. Um, I love it because I get a lot of variety. The kids that I work with, it's extremely rewarding. Um, But I think also my athletic background um, and being a CrossFitter, I love to also work with that kind of more active population. So for Mm -hmm. me, it's like the best case scenario right now. (laughs) That's so cool. I I remember the last time you told me that and, um, and I was like, wow, that's so cool. These, these young kids, you know, and you're teaching them how to, how to move and, and function and, and do certain things. And I think that's so cool. And then you also have the other side where, you know, these people are, are pushing their body to like limits and they're doing things that, you know, are, are improving them or pushing their bodies to do extreme things that they're not used to. And, and you're dealing with both realms, which is crazy. Um, yep. what, what is like the, uh, so there's an injury that I see, but I want to see if it's the same with you. What's the biggest type of maybe injury or just discomfort that you see as a physical therapist in the sports realm? I would say probably shoulders or hands down my biggest one. And uh-huh. then soon after is like low back stuff. Right. I think those right. are probably my two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And with the shoulder, what's like, what is it that, that is, is happening? Like, like torn rotator cuffs or? Um, I would say I call it rotator cuff pathology. So I don't feel like, you know, my caseload, I get a lot of like full blown tears, but I do think I get a lot of shoulder impingement, which is related to rotator cuff pathology. So if we're not utilizing our scapular upper back muscles, um, correctly, which a lot of people aren't, um, it tends to put us in a poor position. So it, threatens kind of our shoulder joint health. So we get Uh pinching of different muscles in our shoulder. So impingement um, or like some rotator cuff, uh, we call it like tendinopathy or tendinosis where you just get kind of some swelling in some of those rotator cuff muscles because they're either not strong enough or they're overworked or fatigued. Um, Mm. So yeah, some combination of those. I don't get a lot of full blown rotator cuff tears or like labral tears, other things like that. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, so obviously, you know, uh, I, I coach and have my own business and stuff like that, where I train people, um, mostly just to help, you know, uh, people get to their goals with their body and health. And I do help like the youth, you know, perform better in sports or whatnot. But, um, whenever it comes down to like 
doing a specific movement, like with their shoulders, as you just said, you know, you see specific things where people don't know how to use something correctly. Is it like, because obviously we have muscles in our body that whenever you want to do something, they obviously they work, they, they turn on unless something else is going on. But do you, with most case scenarios, is it because the person doesn't know how to use that specific muscle correctly or that specific muscle just doesn't want to function correctly? I think it's a little bit of both. I think um, a lot of it comes down to our posture. So as I'm sitting here with forward posture, I should be sitting upright, (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, but if we think about the nature of how we sit a lot of times, you know, we spend a good portion of our day, most of us kind of bent forward. So in doing so, we cause this kind of tightening, um, shortening of the muscles in the front of our chest and this lengthening and deactivation of the muscles in our upper back. And those Mm -hmm. muscles to me are you know, arguably some of the most important just for all, just our health in general. And so okay. I think it's this combination of not having very good posture. And then, you know, our bodies are smart creatures in that mm-hmm. if you want to do something, even if, you know, there's a way to do it correctly, but if those muscles aren't strong enough, something else will compensate to make that movement happen. So gotcha. to give you an example, the most common one that I see is, so our upper trap muscle that sits here, um, a lot of people to kind of raise their arms, you know, where we should be down and engaged and keep that muscle down. A lot of okay. people, if they have weakness, will elevate here and you see this like hitchy arm movement. So I what? see that a lot and it's because this muscle um, inherently is a lot stronger than those mid back muscles. And so if we're not actively training those and we try to move things overhead, these other muscles will compensate and kick on and it doesn't set our shoulder up to be in a very good position. But again, it's going to let you move your arm, Mm -hmm. but it's not going to be the most ideal case. So it really is, you know, most people that I see, we're going to take the time to, you know, help those muscles first calm down that are pissed off because normally by the time people come to see me they're in pain yeah i would love if people come to me came to me sooner Uh um, but a lot of times they wait till they're in pain so my first priority is going to be getting them out of pain Mm -hmm. so we use a lot of you know soft tissue work graston tools drain needling whatever we need to do to just kind of reset the system and get all of those pissed off muscles to kind of calm down and then the goal becomes to retrain the muscles to work more efficiently and in the preferred way so that we don't have this happen in the future. So, you know, again, that's where those rehab corrective exercises come in. Mm. Um, Because a lot of people, they just, their bodies don't naturally use them the way that they should. It's years and years of bad posture. Um, Yeah. All those things kind of packaged into one. It's kind of a recipe for disaster. (laughs) Right. Right. And I remember last, uh, last episode, we talked about um, how people get into these injuries and whenever they get injured, they, um, they begin to really focus on like compensation, like to really, you know, okay, this hurts. So let me push more with this side or this, you know, arm or this leg or this hip or whatever. Um, and, and let me just do that. And all of a sudden more injury begins to come and stuff like this. Um, is that something that you see a lot of as well? Yeah. So, yeah. So people will say, Oh, my shoulder hurt. And then, well, now my back hurts and I don't know if they're related. And I'm like, yeah, they probably are because you probably (laughs) had pain on that side. You were still lifting and then your body will naturally compensate to avoid that stimulus. And so before you know it, you can cause, you know, things to happen to other parts of our body because our body is a kinetic chain. It's one long continuous piece. So you can't just look at things in isolation and say, oh, I just hurt my shoulder. 
you know, if you injure your shoulder, it's probably going to affect your upper back. It's going to affect your neck and it could actually move down and affect your hips and core and everything. So, you know, you really, uh, the sooner that you can start to tackle those things, the better. Um, but again, you know, we're kind of ingrained in that culture of, you know, push through the pain and wait till it gets really bad to do something about it. So, you know, I really try to encourage people that I work with to see me more often, even if it's more just for maintenance care. And I found that the people that choose to do that end up feeling much better overall because, Mm -hmm. you know, they may come in every week or every other week and have nothing that's really extra bothering them, but we always find stuff to work on. And so they're just kind of essentially keeping themselves here versus doing this, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, the people who push through pain and they wait till it gets really bad and then they see someone and then they still don't really want to listen per se. They just want that quick fix, you know? So if I, you know, I get people all the time that are like, Oh, I felt way better after you treated me. And then I went and did this because it was feeling good. And now it's pissed off again. It's like, well, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah. So like a general rule for me or a guideline that I give, um, take it or leave it is, you know, (laughs) if you have something that hurts, you should avoid doing whatever those movements are that cause pain for at least seven days. So seven pain-free days, and then you can start to test the waters again. So if you Mm -hmm. know that snatches hurt your shoulder if I treat you today and it feels good, don't go try it tomorrow. Your body's not going to be ready yet. Wait that full seven days. That gives you enough time to really, you know, it may not give you enough time to heal, but it's a good gauge of at least, Hey, it's been feeling good for seven days. Um, now I can start to try with just the PVC. Then I'm going to try with the barbell and not just like making these huge jumps where people just get themselves in hot water, bouncing right back to where they started. Right. (laughs) Right. 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 Okay. So, so if someone gets a, um, like like a little because your body is very smart too. Either um, do you so? Okay, let's ask the question first. Do you feel like whenever someone gets a um, like an extreme injury, uh, like a you know I guess most common I see is like an ACL tear, or like a meniscus tear, or something like that. Do you feel like it is because it's just then and there a certain movement or because it has been stressed for a while, but that person or individual ignored it until it was just too, too tired or too exhausted to the point to where it couldn't hold on anymore. That's a good question. Those are a little bit different. So it really depends on what that mechanism of injury is. So if you're someone who, you know, you're a soccer player and you get hit on the outside of the knee and tear your ACL, there isn't really anything you could have done. That was just a fluke situation. And that happens a lot. Um, If you're someone where, you know, you're a CrossFitter and no no outside influence, nobody's running into you and you just move incorrectly and tear an ACL. Like that to me says that you have probably faulty movement mechanics that have been going on for a while. And you just finally got to that point where you were the right place at the right time, you know, recipe for disaster and just things went wrong. So, um, yeah. And I will say, you know, in a previous job, I saw a lot of those more acute high level, you know, like ATL tears, things like that. Um, generally what I see more now is more of these, you know, less intense injuries where it's kind of that more gradual onset nagging type of things of like, Oh, my shoulder kind of hurts, but I'm going to keep going. And then one week, two weeks, three weeks go by and it just gets progressively worse. And then they finally come in to see me. So it's, it's not something like if you tear an ACL tear, like you're out, there's no debating anything. Like you can't keep going, you know, versus you've got shoulder impingement going on. It's kind of just annoying. It may, 
make it harder for you to do workouts, but those people tend to wait longer before they come see me. And ideally I'd see them a little bit sooner. So, okay. 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 So, okay. Yeah. So whenever someone, so like you said earlier, if someone's starting to feel something, you know, wait a, a little bit, don't do nothing that aggravates that area and then yep. start, start testing it, but don't test it with doing a max out week. Do something. Yeah, weird. no. Or like, <laughs> yeah. like people get off my table and I'm like, Oh, like, how's it feeling? And they're like, Oh, like, well, let me just like, you know, then they're cranking on it. And I'm like, stop, stop doing that. Like, don't like intentionally try to make it hurt. You know, like it seems like to me like common sense, but it happens all the time. Or like, oh, like, let me just like force it and see if I can get it to hurt almost. And I'm like, right. no, just like, let it settle. Like we're essentially trying to like reset your system. So you're not in pain. So the, the last thing we want to do right after that is to put yourself in a position to potentially cause pain. That's just reinforcing to our brain. Hey, yeah, that tissue is injured and you should cause all of this tightness um, and guarding. So yeah. Um, so I, it's, it's interesting, you know, there's just these ingrained things that you see people do. And I, yeah, you know, yeah. I just educate as much as I can. And again, at the end of the day, people are going to do what they want to do. Um, but one of the reasons that I think CrossFit is a really unique population to work with is that there's so many different movements in CrossFit. So even if I say, Hey, I really think you should avoid overhead lifting this week. I can still give them plenty of things that they can do and still feel like they're getting a good workout while avoiding those movements that cause pain. And there are a lot of sports where that's not the case. Like if I get a runner that I'm seeing, and they're having foot pain and I say, Hey, you can't run. They look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, well, what the <laughs> you know, but like, cause that's all they do. So I think right. in those, or like a swimmer, if I say, Hey, your shoulder hurts, you can't swim. They, they're like, well, what am I supposed to do? So right. those are much harder cases to work through because you're wavering this, like, you know, they feel like they need to train and keep moving, especially if it's in a competitive season. Um, and there's really no other options around that. And so CrossFit, it's great because, like, okay, like, just clean instead of snatch. Like, do squats yeah. instead of this. And so there's a lot more flexibility. So I feel like compliance tends to be better um, when patients are bought in because, you know, I say, oh, okay, like, you can't do this, but you can do this. And I right. think that's powerful. Like, I have worked with PTs that will just say, just don't do anything. And when you tell people they can't like, do no, the things no, that no. they love – yeah. But they, they're just either not going to listen or they're going to go see somebody else. And right. so I think that's always like I try to always find things that are safe for them to do at that current current time to give them, you know, give them that sense that they can be a part of it. So and they can feel like they're doing something proactive, but they're not deterring from what we're trying to accomplish in PT. That makes sense. Right. Yes, no, absolutely. Because it, it's um, it's different to say take rest complete rest and that's yeah. different it's different compared to saying rest that specific area of your body so yep. like if you you know get a shoulder injury just like we've been talking about that doesn't mean you can't do stuff lower body it doesn't mean that you can't do you know or walk or or even run or do certain things that still you know help you stay or at least maintain what you have going on and keep your body yeah. very active still because just like we've been talking about too people get like a shoulder injury and they're an overall athlete. They like to do sprints and running and stuff like that. And then they just throw it all away. And they just say, you know what? My shoulder hurts. I can't do what I like to do. And so I'm just going to yeah. stop doing it, period, you know? Yeah, which is also, I don't like that go of things too, you know, that people right. get stuck in. I know we talked about this last time, but, you know, just because you had an injury doesn't mean you can't work through it and get back mm -hmm. to those things that you enjoy. You know, I, mm -hmm. I've had so many people that have said, oh, well, I really like CrossFit. And then I had a shoulder injury. And so I just quit. And I'm like, like well, why'd you stop? <laughs> 
you know, like if you really want to do it, there's a way to work through that. Yeah. Um, and again, that other piece too, that I think is missing in a lot of PT clinics or with a lot of clinicians is they focus on that acute phase. So right after your injury, right. they're really good at getting you back to, let's say like normal in terms of, you know, your pain levels, your range of motion, but then there's this missing link where they don't fill in that progression back to the sport that they want. So because like, okay, you take someone like me, if I come into your clinic and I have a shoulder injury and you get me back. So, Hey, now I can lift my arm overhead and I have no pain. Like, yeah, that's a great stepping stone, but I need to be able to lift over 200 pounds over my head. So like, if right. you don't, if you just say, Hey, here's a one pound weight and do that a few times. Okay. Now you can go back to CrossFit. Like you're setting <sighs> me up for failure, you know? Right. So I think that's where like, I have a unique insight into how, okay, how can we progress, you know, adding in some higher level training modalities and, you know, accessory work to help bridge mm -hmm. that gap. Well, I say, Hey, like, now we have range of motion. Now we're going to start doing, you know, a lot of banded work. We're going to do weighted rows. We're going to, you know, give you one of my favorites is this like bamboo um, press and hold where you take like a PVC pipe and you attach yeah. bands with kettlebells. And so you have them overhead and they're working on holding <laughs> it overhead. Yeah. You know, but like all of those things where we're like, we're trying, I'm trying to get you back to those things that you love, not just walking down the street you know yes. like you yes. came to me from a higher level and i want to get you back to that so and i think that that's honestly missing from a lot of um i think pt care that i from what i hear and what i've seen so. yes absolutely i agree 100 percent. that's missing with a lot of stuff in the in the medical system like even yeah. all the way from doctors surgeons like still the same you know uh but yeah especially with with yeah, exactly what you said too um and it's, I think it's crazy when, whenever, one thing I think is very fascinating is a lot of us, uh, and it's crazy, I feel like the body, nutrition, uh, anatomy, physiology, I feel like that should be taught throughout years of school. I think it should be taught how you should move and how you should do certain things. How should you sit in a chair? How should you eat food? And, and that's, I feel like it should be taught throughout forever just because like we're being taught about everything else, how to count and how to do these letters and stuff like that, but we don't even know what our body needs or we don't even know specific yeah. things. And this is who we are. Like this, yeah. aside from everything else, you have this, you know, and that's all you got. Um, but I think it's very fascinating when people get an injury and, um, and we might know what to do, obviously, just because, you know, aside from what we do, we just, we've been training for a while and we know movement and stuff like that. But, you know, if someone says, I have a shoulder injury, then they might question like, well, why am I going to do rows? Like, isn't that like my back? Like, how is that going to help my shoulder? You know? So I think yeah. that's, I think it's fascinating whenever you get an injury, you begin to work on the small muscles around it, but you also have like, you know, secondary muscle groups that help specific muscle groups and like antagonists and agonist muscle groups and like all these things help one specific movement. And, uh, and I feel like that is something that, you know, we, we don't know of so whenever we don't know that then we get an injury and we just we're lost in what to do next yeah absolutely and i think that honestly that's what really differentiates like my profession from other yes. things you know like there are still people who think that my job is to massage them on a table and you know <laughs> yes do i do soft tissue work yes uh, but like yeah we are movement specialists. Like our goal is to make you move as efficiently and healthy, you know, as possible. And so, um, you know, just exactly like you're saying, like there's a reason why, you know, people come in 
and even just in terms of like, you know, finding areas, like someone comes in and they're like, oh, well, like my elbow hurts. And then I'm poking on their neck and they're going, why the heck are you touching my neck? My elbow <laughs> yeah, hurts. <right. laughs> but I'm like, there's a method to my mag- madness, you know? Yeah. And so like, you know, I try to really educate people on, you know, why I'm doing everything that I'm doing and also Good. why the exercises that I'm giving them are important for them in relation to their condition. Because it's not always, it doesn't always make sense if you don't have that medical background, you know, mm-hmm. yes, like, you know, I know that elbow symptoms generally come from neck, upper back, shoulder things, and then kind of progressively work their way down, or it can just be referred pain from other areas. But people that are coming to see me don't know that. So it's mm-hmm. my job, though, to figure out the whole comprehensive piece and know where to poke and what to do and how to fix those movement patterns. And that's what I honestly love. I love helping people figure out how to move more efficiently because not only is that going to help hopefully keep them healthier in the long run, um, but it just, it should help them progress. You know, like I think I have been successful in CrossFit because I have that knowledge of how to move correctly. And I constantly am filming myself to be able to, you know, give feedback to myself on different movement patterns because yeah. that's the other thing too is people think they're doing things and then they watch themselves and the it's, it's shocking. Yeah. And I do that yeah. too, all the time too. I'm like, what? Like this feels weird. And then yep. I watch myself and I'm like, oh, I'm shifting this way or this, you know, this is that. So it gives me that kind of feedback um, to be able to correct something. And so, um, you know, I encourage a lot of people film yourself or, mm-hmm. When I'm doing um, evaluations, I'll often have them do different movements, maybe a squat or a single leg squat, and I'll film them and show them what they look like. And people are usually shocked at what they see. Yeah. So what we think we're doing, what we're actually doing is not always the same. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's why I think it's so cool is that, uh, especially nowadays, what we have, you know, you can use these things to help you. And uh, whenever you see yourself do something, you know, you're like, you know, especially with, you know, squats or whatnot. Um, I, I would always have like a, a pain like in my low back and then figured out that, you know, I was leaning a lot, especially coming up. And, you know, once that once I saw that, you begin to fix it. And yeah. um, but one thing that I took was like, even though my I would lean forward, I wanted to like strengthen other parts of my posterior train, my, my posterior chain to kind of help me like come back a little bit because I feel like. I was, yep. I was going like that because my back was weak, you know? Um, so it's very beneficial to film yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool. And it's fascinating what you could do with, with what you have, you know, with uh, just moving in general. But one thing that uh, I've also wanted to know too is I haven't seen – so you have obviously your muscle, you have your tendons, and you have your ligaments. Um, do injuries mostly come from – tendons and ligaments than like the actual like belly of the muscle? Um, that's hard to say. I would honestly say I tend to see more people with actually muscular things going on, um, kind of strains, sprains, things like that. Um, but I think there are also a lot of people where you get those ligament tendons. So it's more, I would say the more acute cases. So things Uh that happen rapid onset, that tends to be more muscular. So like, Uh I bent over and I pulled my back or I caught uh, this and, you know, and I felt that that tends to be more of that quick stretch, um, muscle injury. Right. Um, people that are complaining more of these, like this insidious onset, so this gradual onset of just kind of this dull pain that kind of progressively gets worse. Those tend to be a lot more like ligament tendon things. So like your gotcha. patellar tendon, so like knee stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, elbow stuff. I've been getting a lot of elbow patients lately. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, lots of combinations of all of those things, but right. a lot of times, and a lot of times they'll have both involved. So you may have right. the injury site, which could be a tendon ligament, but you get muscular involvement where there's this guarding that occurs to protect that area. So it's like, you can't just treat uh, the ligament and the tendon. You got to treat everything around it too. See, that's so crazy. The body's fascinating, right? It's like yeah, what the body does just to make sure that you can still function. Like yep. extreme measurements. Like I think that's pretty crazy. Um, one thing that I've been getting asked a lot of is, and I, I don't know if you have, have been getting or if you ran into this a lot or whatnot in your days of doing what you do, but have you, so I've been getting asked a lot with sciatic pain, like how to deal with it or how to help it and stuff like that. Do you, have you been dealing with like a lot of people that have dealt with that too? Um, I have in the past, not lately. Um, I tend to see that more in like an older population. I would really? say, yeah, that was, you know, when I worked in a more general, general orthopedic clinic, um, we got mm. a lot of sciatic pain. Um, or a lot of people that will come in and think they have sciatic pain and it's actually something different. Um, but I think we tend to just group anything that's kind of back, low back related of like, Oh, I have sciatica. Like I hear that a lot. Right. Um, okay, okay. But yeah, it is, uh, it is, it is common. Absolutely. Well, okay. So I know there could be many things different or wrong with somebody, but if someone thinks that it's sciatica and it's not, what's like the second thing that it could be? I mean, so a lot of people will just come in with like a general low back pain, um, you know, or hip related stuff. And they think they just kind of generalize it to be sciatica. I mean, when we're talking about sciatica, it's, you know, looking at pinching our sciatic nerve um, and usually involving our piriformis muscle, which sits down um, pretty low into our glute. So, you know, those people are going to have symptoms that are going down the back of the leg, um, you know, and that may or may not also have stuff going on in their lower back as well but yeah. i would say you know it's, it's still going to be in that same general area but it's just not always like the actual thing that's causing it yeah okay okay is um so i've seen you do a lot of like hip mobility stuff uh is that like i i've run into a lot of people that have problems with like squatting or like lunging and stuff like that but always having like oh this hurts on my hip or this hurts like over here on my glue or this hurts like this what is like a good like movement for someone to do to help mobilize their hip or open up their hip more? Yeah. So, I mean, our hips are kind of, our hips and our core are really like our framework for everything. So I think they're really super important. And they're one of the first things to go haywire when something else happens. So, you know, again, it's kind of like when we're talking about the shoulder, lower body wise, you know, you are, you injure your foot, you're probably going to have some hip stuff going on. If you injure your knee, you're probably going to have some hip stuff going on because it's our, it's our center foundation for everything. Um, I honestly, I really like doing a lot of um, like lacrosse ball stuff to actually like loosen up a lot of those hip muscles. Um, And then I think I I posted a series a while back on my Instagram page where, you know, there's some hip flexor stretching combined with, um, you know, some, you know, glute hip stretches. Um, and so I think kind of just that combination of things is usually helpful for people. I mean, you can make, and I like to kind of show progressions of those things. Um, but usually like you don't need all these really fancy stuff to be effective. It's just kind of doing them consistently and trying to get those things moving. But yeah, so I'll do 
again, I like to give people a lot of like lacrosse ball work, you know, or you can use a foam roller just to kind of, you know, decrease the tension and tone in those muscles. And then you can combine that with, you know, some static stretching exercises or some just kind of active mobility exercises to just kind of get everything moving again. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad that you said that the hips and the core is like the middle foundation of this entire body. I think that's very fascinating for people to know because just like you said, you have a foot injury or something wrong with your foot, then it goes, you know, then it just climbs up and like same thing, uh, vice versa. So um, I think that helps a lot of people too, because um, it's always cool whenever you start to figure things out and, and you learn more about yourself because you can learn a lot about yourself whenever it comes down to nutrition, exercise, pushing your limits, cardiovascular training, endurance training, stamina training, and then getting injured, which no one should ever go through. But once you do, you get to figure out, you know, what it is that, okay, this hurt and then it went over here and I got this pain. But now when I do this stretch or this mobility workout or stability uh, workout or circuit or whatnot, then it helps me. And then whenever I do this afterwards, it helps me. So then you get to learn more about your body and learn more about how you can just keep it healthy overall. Yep, absolutely. We, yeah. uh, I think the people who, uh, you know, spend time thinking about different movements and what caused their pain and, you know, how to kind of respond to that, you know, that's, those are going to be the people that kind of learn how to manage those things in the future and prevent hopefully pain from happening in the future. <laughs> yeah. Cause no one likes pain, man. Jeez. Nope. Sucks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, so obviously, you know, we talked a lot about, you know, what you do in your profession and stuff like that. Um, and aside from that, uh, we didn't get to talk about it as much in the last episode, but I want to hit it right now. Uh, how was your time doing the, the Titan game season two? Like, how was that going into the games and, and all that stuff to come, you know, along with it? Yeah, it was such a cool experience. Um, you know, it really was a whirlwind. I think we were very fortunate to be able to get that filmed before COVID hit, um, yes. you know, and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it was it was just an emotional roller coaster, like very <laughs> different than what you actually see on TV. Right. A lot goes into it, um, you know, but I think for me, you know, in addition to it just being very cool to say, hey, I've been on a, you know, a national t- television show. Yes, I got to meet The Rock, all really cool things. Yeah. I think the best part for me was getting to meet everybody on the show. Like these contestants, the people they casted are amazing, all of them. And I feel like I have friends for life, you know, all over the country now. And like, I mean, for example, we've got like a group of 20 of us that are going to Nashville in October for like a reunion trip. So, you know, I, I really feel like we've bonded. And even when we were competing against each other at the end of the day, we're friends. And so, You know, it was, it really was, that was the best part for me by far. That's so cool. That's so cool. What, what did you like, did you change up your training before you went into the, you know, into the games or whatnot? Or did you do what you normally do all the time? Nope. Um, and honestly, it was a really, it was pretty, a pretty quick turnaround, all of it. So you really didn't have time to change anything, to be honest. Okay. Um, okay. So for example, like I submitted all of my stuff in November mm-hmm. and, um, you know, you go through this series, you have to do a, a video and an application and some different interviews and then, um, got the call. They flew us to do this combine in LA. So we all had right. to go and compete there. Um, so that was January. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we flew the end of January to Atlanta for, to film the show. So like by the time you found out you were on the show, you had like 10 days before you had to uh, go. Okay, okay, okay. So there's no time to change it. <laughs> you're not getting stronger. <laughs> you're not doing any of that. And right. I think the, the, 
honestly, the most interesting layer of that whole piece was that, so that show, you know, so you're, you're the whole time I'm like, yeah, I obviously want to get on the show, but I can't bank on getting on the show. So I've got to like keep my other areas of my life going. So I had um, plans to compete on a team at Wadapalooza, which is a big CrossFit competition in Miami Uh in February. And I was like, terrified that they were going to overlap and thankfully they didn't um oh nice but yeah but even still like i you know flew to atlanta i was there for about two weeks um i got cut early so i left a week earlier than some people which to me almost was like a blessing in disguise simply for the fact that if i would have stayed the whole time i would have flown back to denver and left the next day to go to miami to compete and i don't know what kind of shape i would have been in right so you know so again it's like and i really enjoyed my time at wadapalooza and i love crossfit so it was almost you know hindsight yeah i would have loved to do better i'm competitive i don't like to lose um so still have like some bitterness just for my own personal like wish i would have done better um but at the end of the day like it gave me the time to come back regroup for a week or so and then fly out and actually be a good team member for that team at wadapalooza and i think i would have been so mentally drained um if i had stayed the whole time because Honestly, like, yeah, the, the challenges, they're hard. They're physically draining. Um, but I think it's honestly more mentally taxing than anything because you're just on this on mode and <laughs> you're at the beck and call of what they want when they want it. So they were very clear. This is a television show first. It is not a fair competition. You're expected to kind of do what they want when they mm-hmm. want. So like, you know, a big example, we've been talking this whole time about how much I like to warm up and I don't think I got to warm up for anything. Like we would uh, go, okay. hair. it would be like hair, makeup, interview, 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 stand around, ready, go. And you have no Showtime. idea what you're like. Yeah. Like you find out the events right before you don't get uh-huh. to touch anything. So yeah, it's like, if you took like the least ideal case for me as like an athlete, like that's how we competed. And again, we uh, were all doing that. Right. But, you know, it was fair in that sense, but definitely not your ideal like how do i get in the zone to compete it was not <laughs> it was like stand here and talk about this and oh can you bend over and say that again you know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> it was you know not not your ideal athletic setup if you will. right right that's crazy yeah. and then so how was water palooza was that so was it fun yeah absolutely i we had such a good time cool um yeah it's like my favorite comp even probably more than the crossfit games just because of the venue and the events are always awesome and mm-hmm. it's just it's beautiful it's like downtown miami i don't know how you could go wrong <laughs> dude so. i know that's crazy and then how how different is like um uh i guess the competitive scene when it comes to the crossfit games team and then water Palooza team honestly comparable there were actually a lot of super teams you know if you will so at Waterpalooza this year so people you know your mayhems your rich fronings um you know teams that pulled together individual athletes like crossfit games athletes and made teams so you know um like we had i think five top four finishes as a team that was huge and so you know we were two spots out of you know getting the qualification spot for the games which at this point, it would have been irrelevant because teams got booted from the game. It's just because of COVID. Um, but, you know, I mean, we were we were hanging in there. We were we, we tend to always be this team where people are like, who are these Col- random Colorado people? And so I keep saying one of these years, people will actually remember. <laughs> um, 
That's cool though. So yeah, so you know, ups and downs like anything, but mm. overall, it's one of my favorite comps and had such a good time competing so there. Cool. So and that was the last time I got to compete. So I'm fortunate that I was able to get Titan Games and Waterpalooza in before COVID because then it was nice. just like, you know, yeah, it everything sucked, paused. Man. Yeah, yeah, so. really. So that's cool. So boom, boom, back to back. Awesome. Yeah. Um, that's so cool. And so, all right, Kelly Stone. Well, damn, it's been. It's always fun talking to you. You have so much good energy and stuff like that. And and you're just like we said earlier. Your your perspective on this stuff is so fascinating. And I've always I always enjoy talking to you. I'm pretty sure everyone uh, enjoys listening to you. Um, but if uh, obviously your you know your page on Instagram has a lot of great value. So. If anyone wants thank to find you. you, yeah, if anyone wants to find you or um, say thank you or just get some knowledge from your from what you preach and stuff, where's the best place for someone to find you? Yeah, usually Instagram. That's where I put most of my content. Um, my handle is Kelstone35. And then I did recently start a Facebook group. It's got a real, really good group of people in there if you want some more like just like that kind of camaraderie um, and kind of reaching your health and fitness goals. So you can also uh, shoot me a message to join that as well. Nice. That's so cool. Damn, I got to join it, girl. Damn. Okay. Yeah, you should. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will. Right after this. Uh, all right, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode here on the Train Hard Lift Strong podcast. Um, if you know anyone who can grab some value from this or, you know, just learn, learn a little bit more about their body or, or, um, or just, you know, hear about Kelly and what she's doing and everything she's done and want to learn more from her or whatnot. Uh, if you know anyone right now that can grab some value, all we ask is you simply share this episode out to them, send it to your best friend, your mom, dad, gym buddy, whoever, because the more people we get to listen to these episodes, y'all, the more lives we can all change together. But once again, you know, uh, another episode here with Coach Matt and guest speaker Kelly Stone. And as usual, y'all, get out there, train hard. Live strong. All right, everybody. Peace. You just finished another amazing episode on the Train Hard Live Strong podcast. If you have grabbed any sort of value from this episode, all we ask is you simply share it out to your Instagram story, Snapchat, send it to your best friend. If you want to know when the next amazing episode or guest speakers are coming on the show, make sure to check out our website, trainhardlivestrong.com. And also, if you want to see the sickest apparel, go ahead and check out athleticbeings.com. We'll see you all in the next episode. Coach Matt, peace. <laughs>